I will be reading Psalms 146, 1, 8 through 10. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, my soul. The Lord gives sight to, to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteousness. The Lord watches over the foreigners and sustains the fatherless and the widow. But he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. You got, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. Our gospel reading today, we find it in Matthew 14, verses 22 through 33. In your pew Bible is our pages 903 and 904. And it reads, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind Die down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. A man named John Ortberg wrote a book called If You, um, you Need to Get Out of the Boat If You Want to Walk on the Water. And in that particular book, there's a story about his mom and about his grandma and his, his grandfather, too. Finds out that after the grandma had deceased, for a few years, Grandpa called his daughter, John's mom, and said, come over here, I want to show you something. Come on up in the attic. So they go up in the attic, and he says, here is a box of dishes that I want to give to you. And she looks at them, you know, and she actually, she takes one out. It's all wrapped up very nicely, very neatly, you know, like you would if you're going to pack it to travel. She peel, picks it up and peels one back, and this, these dishes are absolutely gorgeous. They're blue. They're hand-painted. They have inlaid pearl. They're handcrafted and very expensive. Now, this family was just an average family, so to receive a gift like that was really something. And so Ortberg's mom says, I've never seen these dishes before. And the dad says, well, I've seen them before because I saw your mom get them on her birthday or anniversary or a special occasion, but that's all. But 
he says, I want you to have them. She takes them home. And then she goes and starts talking to some of the aunts. You know how that is. You know, get out in the family, network a little bit. And so she, she finds out that, that actually her mom received these dishes. And they were so precious to her and meant so much to her that she put them away for a special occasion. Any of you do this? You know what I mean? Sometimes it's a particular garment, tie, piece of something, you know. And the aunt went on to explain, you know, these are so precious to her that she hardly ever wanted to use them. And then the daughter, who now is the recipient of all this, she said, I had never seen them used before, ever. Now, I'm going to tell you the rest of this story. There's more to this story. I'll tell you in just a minute. But I want to tell you something. Do you believe that God has given you gifts? Do you believe that? It's absolutely, positively true. God has given you gifts and given me gifts as well. Some of us feel the gifts are so valuable, so unique, and so important, we never use them. Today, I want to talk to you about getting out of the boat and walking on the water. That is to say, today, I want to challenge you to think about putting into practice the gifts that God has given you today. Are you open to this? Okay, open your Bibles now. Everybody needs their Bible open to Matthew 14, verse 22. I'm going to refer to this, and I'm going to be rolling right through this. Now, I want you to uh, learn with me a definition of faith. The, the definition of faith I'm giving you comes from the NIV version, the New International Version. I like this version. It says that, Now faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. Okay, so this is kind of a memory verse. So faith is being sure of what you hope for. You know, the world hopes for things. And when the world hopes, it's like, oh, I hope this happens. Oh, I hope my loved one comes. Based on nothing but magic and intuition. No. Jesus wants us to learn that when we hope, it's with absolute certainty. Because it says that faith is being certain of what you hope for, being sure of what you hope for, and certain of what you do not see. Okay? So that's our working definition today. And... Our story has to do with Jesus, and he has to do with him feeding the 5,000. You know this story. Leads to Peter walking on the water. Jesus heals the people during the day. And then we read from, uh, if you're taking notes, you may want to write down John 6 as just a reference for you, because John 6 says, over the course of the day, the multitude begin to talk among themselves and say, you know what, this is the prophet to come. This is the one who was prophesied right here. This Jesus is the very one. Of course, they were looking for a great human leader that would lead their armies against Rome and liberate Israel, and they would have the golden days of Israel back again. That's what they were looking for. Now, the other caveat in this is that the disciples heard the multitude talking this way. They were kind of saying, you know what? Jesus is so mild, he's so humble, he's such a nice guy, he would never promote himself. So why don't we go to him and sort of urge him, force him to become our leaders? And the disciples heard this kind of talk. And the disciples did little 
to stop it because they thought Jesus was also an earthly leader. Okay? This message really is about faith. You know, you have faith, and I have faith, and God has given us all faith. But faith um, is like exercise. Some of us can do three push-ups. Some of us can do 10 push-ups. How many can do 20? Me and five other guys. Okay, that's pretty good. All right. But you know what? When I started doing push-ups, how many could I do? One push-up. Faith is the same way. Unless you use it, you lose it. Okay? I want you to know that the disciples did not really know Jesus. Now, friends, we're in this together, okay? So I have to ask you a question. Do you know Jesus? Let me ask you this question. Who do you say Jesus is? The disciples thought he was an earthly leader. And it reminds me of that great spiritual song that's sung at Christmas time, you know, Sweet Little Holy Child, you know, Born in a Manger. You, remember, you got this song? Sweet, I can't, I wish I could sing it. I wish I could sing it. It's a sweet little holy one, but they didn't know who you was. Okay? They didn't know. It's time for us to step back and say, do I really know Jesus? Who do I say Jesus is? Because who you say Jesus is will tell us something about your faith. If Jesus is this sweet little baby, you know, that we don't know too much about, well, your faith is going to be like that. If you say, no, this is Jesus Christ the Lord who is King of kings and Lord of lords and God Almighty... Guess where your faith is going to be? So it's an important question. Amen? So it says that, and if you've got your Bibles open, look what it says in verse 22. It says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. Now, friends, when it said Jesus made, it means, it means this. Jesus compelled the disciples. Hey, guys, in the boat. And they're going, Wow. Nobody argues with the Lord. When he goes to the multitude, he says, you know what? It's time for you guys to go home. Nobody argues. Because Jesus knows what they're planning and would just be ruinous to the gospel message going out if he was taken and forced to be a king. Some type he wouldn't do it. So now, here they are. The Bible tells us the boat was now out in the Sea of Galilee in the middle of the lake and it was being tossed by the storm. Now, some of us are experiencing a storm today. Comes in the comes in the fashion of interpersonal relationships. Comes in the form of worry. Comes in the form of, do I have a job? Comes in the form of, who's going to pay the bills? Some of you are in that storm today. I'm glad you're here. I've been praying for you guys today. I was praying for you this week. So I know that this Word of God touches your heart Not because of me. Let's get this straight. I'm just a servant of the Lord. Amen? But the Word of God goes out because of the foolishness of what I do. This is God's plan. But the Lord wants some of you to know He knows you're in the storm. Hey, did Jesus know the disciples were in a storm? Absolutely, positively. Of course He knew. 
Does he know about your storm? Okay. Your storm has a lot to do with how much faith you have and how you're going to walk through that storm, what you're going to do. Now, faith grows when it's tested. Okay? Same thing. If you want to do 20 push-ups, where do you start? One. You get one down. By the way, when you do a push-up, you know, you don't do them like this with your elbows sticking out. Okay? Okay. You do them like this with your elbows in, tucked into your body. Okay, enough physical fitness. Anyway, so you get a lot of stuff when you come to church. But we know that God tests us to strengthen us. Don't we know that? Now, Genesis 22 is a famous story of Abraham. And Genesis 22.1 says, God tested Abraham and said, Abraham, take your only son Isaac out to Mount Moriah and sacrifice him as a burnt offering. How's that for a test? Now, he did that because God knows the outcome to strengthen Abraham's faith and his sons too. That's why sometimes we're in the midst of the sea and struggling. The one thing that's positively absolutely true, if you don't remember anything about today's sermon, I'll tell you this, Jesus is on your side. Okay? Would you mind? Would you mind? Would you guys help me? How many will help me do something today? I need your permission. Would you turn to your neighbor and just say, Jesus is on your side? Go ahead. Isn't that true? It's true. And I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. It's true. I see I've got to rein you in. But I'll tell you something that's true. Jesus is on your side, and he will come and save you. Now that I've said that, by the way, I'll be here a few more times so I can actually speak out of both sides of my mouth. And I want to tell you that he will come and save you. But sometimes... It feels like he didn't save you. Okay? When my father passed away, Jesus knew. Was it his plan for me? Yep. Did Jesus come and save me? Of course he did. Not in the way I was thinking. But now that I reflect on it, I know God's will. See? Whatever the outcome, Jesus is on your side and mine too. That's why we can move in and edge into those storms of life and begin to see Jesus not as just a a great man, not as just a great prophet, not as someone who taught the multitude or fed the multitude and healed, but we're talking about Jesus who is Almighty God. Jesus is God in the flesh, and you can talk to him 24-7. And when you do, you need to know who you're talking to. Can you imagine this? Talking to the God of creation, the God who made the heavens and the earth. Can you imagine? That is called a privilege of prayer. And he wants to talk to you, which is another sermon I'll tell you about sometime. Where we've got to listen. Now the fourth watch of the night, which means between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., pitch dark, pitch black, in the pitching sea, Jesus comes walking on the water. And, of course, as he's walking toward the disciples, 
their superstition in verse 26. Look at your Bibles, verse 26. As, as the Lord's coming, you know, and it says in verse 26, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, what happened to them? They were troubled. They weren't excited. They were troubled. And they said what? It's a ghost, man. It's a spirit. Hey, the word here is phantasma. Has anyone been to Disneyland? When you go to Disneyland and they have the phantasmic, this is the word they're using. It actually means a show. It actually means an apparition. That's what it means. So the Bible's saying they, they saw something and their superstition took over and they said, it's a ghost. Was it a ghost? No. There aren't any, by the way, to all the little kids. And they cried out in fear. See? But it says, here we are. By the way, trouble with me is I, I want to tell you everything. So I've got to skip a lot of stuff. And I want, to, I want to tell you something. When Jesus hears a prayer like people crying out, he immediately comes to their aid. Immediately. All of us are here. We all have faith. It's at different levels, isn't it? Like some one push-up, some ten push-ups. Some of you can do a lot more than you do 30 or 40 push-ups, you know? All faith is... We have a lot of different types of faith here. But it says Jesus immediately spoke to them and says, Hey, be of good cheer. And he says, It is I. It is I. Don't be afraid. Stop being afraid. Now, if you have your Bibles open, I want you to note this in verse 28 where the... Where the Lord says, excuse me, verse 27, where the Lord says, it is I. When Jesus says to those disciples, it is I, he is actually saying, I am, guys, I am. Guys, the I am is here. You remember the I am, Exodus 3, where Moses, where where the Lord God is in the burning bush. Moses comes over to inspect the bush that's not being consumed by the flames, remember? And the Lord speaks to him and says, the place you're standing is holy ground. Take your shoes off. It's holy because that's where God is at. Anywhere God is at is holy. Amen? So if God is in your heart, what does that make you? Holy. You're one of his holy. You're one of his special people. So Moses says, well, Lord, I'll be glad to go, you know, back to Pharaoh and talk to him. But what, who, who, who shall I say sent me? What does God say? I am. That I am. You tell him, I am sent you. Which is another way of saying Yahweh. Okay? Yahweh sent me. So what this is happening, this story that I'm telling you, is really a story about the disciples growing in faith. And it's about Jesus revealing himself to them and to us, who he really is. We really want to know who he is, don't we? We want to know. And he is revealing himself to us. He says the I am is here. And by the way, the I am, creator of heavens and the earth, when you look at the stars tonight, can you all see the stars up here at night? Who's the creator? God. This is our God, creator of the heavens and the earth. 
Some of you don't agree. It's okay. This is the creator God. This is the one we pray to. This is the one who is on earth. This is the one who's in the story. And he's walking on the water. Now, when good old Peter hears about Jesus, and it's, is it really you, Lord? By the way, that's another thing I want to tell you about, but I don't have time. Peter says, Lord, is it you? This is in verse 28. Lord, is it you? What he's really asking is it, is it really you, Lord? Because he's got some doubts. Is it really you? He's kind of doubting. And if it is you, Lord, command me to come out there on the water. And the Lord says, what does the Lord say? Come on out. Come on out. No problem. Come. Come on out. So Peter leaves the security of the boat and his friends, and he slides down onto the water, and boom, he doesn't sink. And as long as he can see Jesus... Here's a trick question now. I'm going to ask you a trick question about Peter's faith. As long as he can see Jesus, he's on the water. Is Peter walking by faith? Kind of. Remember that faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. Isn't that the definition? Did Peter see Jesus? Sure did. And he's going, okay, Lord, okay. I'm, I'm going. I'm out here. And by the way, we cannot pick on Peter too much. I'll tell you a story in just a minute. But Peter's walking on the water, and as swells do, these swells come up and down. Some of you have been out on the water when there's been big swells. The swell comes up, and that swell blocks the view of Peter. So Peter, instead of seeing Jesus, sees the big swell come up. And at that point, he begins to sink. Did Peter have faith? Yes, he did. As long as he could see Jesus, as long as he could see him, he believed. It's like us. As long as our prayers are answered the way we want them, oh, we got faith. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Jesus helped me buy that car. He helped me get in school. Helped me with a test. As long as it's coming out that way. But when Jesus may not have helped you get an A in the test, you're going, hey, I prayed about this and nothing happened. I want to tell you something. God answers every prayer. Amen? Amen. There's not one prayer that goes unanswered. They're all answered. Every prayer. It may not be answered the way you want it to be. And old Peter began to sink. And then Jesus, of course, it says, Jesus reached out his hand. It's really interesting. Jesus reached out his hand and grabbed him. And by, the, by that time, brought him right into the boat and took him and sat him right into the boat there, you know. Now, I cannot pick on Peter too much because this faith issue or lack of faith, I've been there. I've done it. I was uh, reflecting this morning and yesterday, too, on uh, when Jenny and I... Jenny and I were baptized when we were 23 years old at the Northridge Seventh-day Adventist Church. We had three kids. One year old, about, probably not quite, one, and then they, were, they went four and five, like that. 
You can check with my wife on those ages. But they were really little. And the Northridge Church said, we're going on a camp out. I want you all to come. And it's right up here, um, right up here in the mountains. And um, it's easy to find. Just, you know, go up the freeway and turn, turn up here and uh, you can find it. Okay. So we went up the freeway and we turned off the right turn. Yeah, that's, that's the turn off. Fraser Park. Boom, we're going to turn off Fraser Park and get down there. And we started driving and looked for this particular, another one turn off to go up to the campground. So we're looking and driving and looking and driving until finally we reached a dead end. This road we were on stopped. And I'm thinking, wow, what happened? Did we miss the turn off? Did we miss a sign? And turned around. We went all the way back to the freeway looking for the sign. No sign. Then we thought, surely, okay, we'll see it on this pass. Turned around again. We started going up. We're looking, looking, earnestly looking for this sign that says, you know, the campsite, camping up in this area. We looked and looked, and finally we turned this corner, and bam, we're right here at the same dead end we were before. And at this point, I am livid. I am angry. And you know how they say uh, people don't get mad, but dogs do? I was mad, okay? I was upset, and I started almost saying a few of those words that you don't mention, okay? That you don't want the kids to say, but sometimes, uh uh-oh, I don't want to go there, you know. And they were on my mind because I was really mad, mainly at myself, but I was angry. And I said something really angry. I said, you know what? We're going to turn around and we're going to go home. We're not going to go to their stupid camp out because they didn't give me good directions. Of course, who am I blaming? Uh, them. Uh, yeah, somebody else's fault. Okay. And then as I'm clutching the steering wheel with my white knuckles because I'm so mad, a voice from the back seat says, Daddy, shouldn't we pray? Talk about bringing out the nuclear option. And so I'm, I'm going, boom, right in the heart, you know. It's one of these stab deals. And I said, yes, we should pray. And then I said something to the effect like this. Dear Lord, because I didn't believe what I was saying, but God knew about my faith. Dear Lord, help us find the campsite. Amen. And I felt like I, I had appeased my child, who was showing more wisdom than me. And I did pray, didn't I? I did pray. So now I thought, now I am justified. I can go home. So started the car. We didn't go maybe four blocks. We saw this big sign that said, campground, right there. Oh, yeah. We found the campground. We found the campground. And I learned a lesson, a big lesson. See... The Lord will hear our prayers no matter where your faith is at because He's our God, okay? Anybody starting to pray, even if you're angry, God is going to hear you. God is going to reach down and touch you and help you. Now, remember, your prayer is going to be answered according to His will and His time, His power, and for His glory, not for us. 
So when Jesus gets into the boat now, they get into the boat. The Bible says they looked at Jesus. Well, should we read it? Look at verse, um, what is it, 33? It says, then those who were... By the way, would you read verse 33 with me? Just read. It doesn't matter what version you got. I have the, uh, the New King James here, but you read it in your version. I'll read it. We'll all read it together, okay? Here we go on, verse 33. Ready? Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Do you see what they did? Those who were in the boat began to worship this man who just a little while ago, before they went through that tough time on the water, a faith experience, only thought of him in terms of earthly power. Now they worshiped him. And now write this down, Luke 4.8. Luke 4.8 says, during the temptations of Jesus, the devil says, hey, why don't you kneel down and worship me? I'll give you everything. What does Jesus say? You only worship who? The Lord your God, and Him only should you worship. So when those disciples began to worship Jesus, who did they think He was? You know who they thought He was? God in the flesh. Truly, you are the Son of God. See how this tremendous faith growth happened to these guys in a matter of a few hours. They had to go through the tough part. A tough night, pulling on the oar, trying to right the ship, hoping that they don't ever sink. And so, Jesus is with them and they begin to worship him. And they begin to say, you are God Almighty. I want to say, as we're getting close to the end now, who do you say Jesus is? Whoever you say Jesus is, is commensurate with your faith. If your faith is talking in prayer to the God Almighty, okay, the Lord God, the maker and sustainer and creator, believe me, your prayers are going to be completely different and God will answer your prayers. And here's the rest of the story. Remember about the dishes? Remember that finally uh, Ortberg's mom gets a big box of dishes never used before. And so then she takes out the dishes on the day she gets them, wipes them off, cleans them up, you know, sets the table, and they start using the dishes. They use the dishes all the time. Every day they use the dishes. Special occasions, not special occasions, they use the dishes because they were a gift that had meaning to them, right? That's what they did. Every one of you have a gift from God. It's a gift of faith. And the Lord is saying to you, Will you exercise that gift? Will you use that faith today? And by the way, when you think about old Peter, oh, Peter, man, he made so many mistakes. Don't we laugh at him? Oh, Peter, man, he's walking on the water. Hey, Lord, I'll walk on the water. Starts walking, and the next thing you know, he's sinking. Guess what? There were 11 other people in the boat who didn't get out of the boat. Okay? They were in the boat. That Peter, man, look at him. I knew, I just knew he was going to sink. I knew it. Hey, Peter got out of the boat. My challenge to you today is you cannot walk on the water unless you do what? May God bless you. Amen.
Let us pray. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and to be gracious unto you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.